0: 1 Peter 2, 4-10 As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I'm going to uh, look at 1 Peter 2 this
1: morning with you, uh, verses 4 to 10, and uh, concentrating on the fact that uh, we are a chosen people and a royal priesthood. The early Christians were sometimes accused of being atheists because first century Christianity didn't have temples or priests or sacrifice, nor were there any symbols that openly signified their faith. They actually had some secret symbols... If you were a Christian, you might find these secret symbols around. They were a fish, a dove, an anchor. And interestingly, it wasn't until 230 AD that the cross was used as a symbol. And some of these new converts to Christianity may have been feeling a little displaced, may have been feeling that something was missing. They would no longer have access to their temple in Jerusalem. They were strangers and foreigners, as our reading mentioned, both spiritually and socially, because of their new allegiance to Jesus. And Peter speaks to this feeling of displacement and estrangement by drawing their attention to a different building. A building mentioned in the Old Testament prophecies of their ancient scriptures, the Old Testament, about the coming Messiah where Isaiah says that the coming Messiah would be a stone that some people would stumble over. And yet, he would be a foundation stone in Zion for those who would be faithful. And then the psalmist prophesies that this stone that many reject will actually become the cornerstone. The cornerstone is the stone that every mason cut absolutely true. Because from the sides of that cornerstone the lines for the rest of the building would be drawn. The truest cut. And all believers come to this cornerstone to be built into something special. A spiritual house. Notice in verse 4 that these living stones are those that come to him. It's a conscious decision to come to Jesus. And in coming... We feel alive in a new way. And immediately, we find a place in God's architectural plan for a spiritual house. And that's what happens when we become believers. Nobody drifts into Christianity. It's a conscious decision to follow the way of Jesus. And immediately, we become aware that we are alive in a different type of way. There's a new perspective that we have on life. We have a new family, all the believers. And this new building is a temple of sorts, it's spiritual too, because the Holy Spirit lives in us. So Paul tells us, don't you know that you are the temple of God, if the Spirit of God dwells in you? And Peter's readers will have known the significance of this. All the previous tabernacles, all the previous temples that we read about in the Old Testament had been a temporary concession. Although the coming of Jesus was planned long, long ago, during the Old Testament period, the time had not yet come for him to be born. So the temple, the place where sacrifices were made, was one way that God's presence could be amongst his people on earth. And it was the only way that sin could be dealt with. By a young lamb paying the penalty instead of a guilty human being. It sounds strange for us to try and understand and get our head around that culture. But this happened on a regular basis because people sinned on a regular basis. But when Jesus came, the sin problem was dealt with. The Lamb of God was sacrificed once and for all. Tabernacles, temples, were no longer needed as God's dwelling place on earth because his presence was in his people. And those who accept Jesus as their Messiah, those who accept Jesus as their Saviour, are given some wonderful descriptions in this passage about what they have become. And all of those descriptions are linked to the Old Testament assuring that there's continuity in our minds between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let's look at just two of them this morning. We're a chosen people. People, uh, Peter is addressing both Jews and Gentiles. He's addressing the body of believers worldwide. The chosen race is from all peoples, all cultures, all colors. We are part of that chosen race because the race is made up of people who are chosen. I don't know why. It wasn't because of anything we've done. We didn't have to earn it. We didn't have to do a set of things in order to be accepted by God. In the Old Testament, God says to his people in Deuteronomy, the Lord set his love on you and chose you because the Lord loves you. He loves us Because he loves us. That's the only reason that we're given. And Jesus said, you did not choose me. I chose you. We may choose to come, but the invitation is initiated by God. And it's by grace alone. There's no basis for our being chosen other than the all-wise and incomprehensible love of God. And I stand in awe of it. I love it, and I love to accept it. And the second area I want to talk about is the royal priesthood. We've heard a lot about royalty, haven't we, over this past week. And we thank God for a queen who was not only faithful in her service to her people, but she was faithful to Jesus. She always, in public broadcast, mentioned Jesus, because she loved him and she followed him. It would have been a privilege to be a priest to the queen or a priest to the king. And yet this is what we are told. We are to be a royal priesthood. But this is not a queen of England or a king of England. This is the king of all kings, God himself. What a privilege to be a priest to him. And yet we all are because the Bible tells us so. About five years after this letter of Peter was written, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in AD 70. So the Jewish priesthood at that point could no longer perform sacrifices. This was devastating to Jewish people. It was the center of their belief system. But Peter was already telling them five years earlier that if you follow Jesus, there was a different type of priesthood now. They, the followers of Jesus, were a royal priesthood to the king. I don't know if you know, but in the Old Testament, we are told that God originally wanted everybody who believed in him to be a priest. But the people rebelled so many times that God decided that just one family would be priests. Levi, the family of Levi. And they were called Levites and it was known as the Levitical priesthood. But they messed up. They constantly messed up. God was always having problems with his priests. And the letter to the Hebrews teaches that the Old Testament priests, the sacrifices, were just a shadow of the real thing. And that there was a better, superior priesthood coming through a covenant that was sealed by God. Jesus' blood. And that's what we'll be celebrating this morning as we take the bread and the wine. We're celebrating this new covenant by which we become priests to Almighty God. Jesus came from a priestly family, but it wasn't actually the Levitical family. He came from a much older priest whose name was Melchizedek who came and appeared to Abraham. Jesus began his ministry at 30. And 30 was the age where every priest began their ministry. And Hebrews calls Jesus our great high priest. So we are, along with him, part of the royal priesthood. A priesthood that doesn't offer animal sacrifices, but spiritual sacrifices. Sacrifices of praise and thankfulness. Sacrifices of obedience and devotion, sacrifices of gifts to those who are less well-off than us, to the poor and to the needy. This is all part of being a royal priesthood. Moreover, we don't have to have a priest in order to come to God anymore. I know some uh, aspects of Christian living do that, but we don't need to do that because we as a royal priesthood can come straight to God through Jesus. The temple in Jerusalem was designed to keep those who were unworthy from touching or even seeing holy things. I think I put a picture up there. Can you see that? Yeah, you can just about see that. So the, the, the first part, the inner part of the temple, was for the women and they couldn't congregate any closer to the center than that. Then there was the court of Israel, where, an, an area where just ordinary Jewish men could gather Then there was an area just for priests, and then right in the center there, there is the Holy of Holies, which only one priest on one day of the year could go in uh, to meet with God. Nobody, not even the high priest, had free access to the presence of God any time they wanted. And that area was curtained off, by a huge curtain, 40 foot high, weighed about 30 tons. And that was the curtain that was ripped from top to bottom when Jesus died on the cross. That was the curtain that becomes symbolic, because it is ripped, for us all now to enter freely into God's presence. And it was ripped at the moment Jesus cried in a loud voice, It is finished. And this enables God's original purpose that everyone who believes in God, in Jesus, has now free access at any time to come to Him. So we can enter God's presence as we we have already done today. It's a privilege speaking to Him at all times. And that is the reason that we are able to both speak to God when you're doing the washing up, when you're driving, when you're sitting, when you're standing, when you're doing anything that is normal in life, you can talk to God and more importantly, he can talk to you. Amen.